0: Good morning Redeemer and Merry Christmas. Uh, it is wonderful to be with you uh, Redeemer family, uh, a big welcome if you are new or visiting, whether it's your first time at Redeemer or even your first time to come to church. It is wonderful to be here to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, a birth would happen nearly 2,000 years ago which, but which brings us hope Uh, Joy and peace. Uh, Those who are regulars at Redeemer would know that we've been uh, working for a few weeks in in December uh, through the idea of being united with Christ. Uh, This amazing truth that when we trust in Jesus, uh, the things which are His become ours. Uh, And we're going to keep thinking about that. So if you've been following along, uh, this will be the final part of that. But if you're new, Again, it is so good to have you here. It's no accident that you are here. You're here today and uh, what we will hear today is good news. I pray it would be an encouragement to you. Uh, two things will help you uh, as we look at Ephesians 1 today. The first one is to have the text in front of you. So please open your Bibles, open it there in your outlines or pull it up on your phones. It's important to have the text in front of you so we can see what our God is saying to us in his word. Uh, the second thing that will help you follow along, it's, it's a bit of a surprise. Uh, Dave, uh, Pastor Dave last night told us that he loved surprises Uh, So this morning, to help us kind of see some things and understand Ephesians 1, I've got a bit of a visual aid. So kids, I hope this will help you as you kind of try to understand Ephesians 1 Adults who stayed up a bit late last night, uh, anyone uh, stayed up a bit late last night, a bit short on sleep, uh, this will help us to follow, uh, and Pastor Dave, surprise, I'm using a visual aid in my sermon. Uh, um, <laughs> let's, let's pray and uh, ask that God would show us wonderful things and give us hope as we look at this part of His Word. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You love us. Uh, We thank you that you have shown yourself to us. Thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, on that first Christmas. Thank you that you continue to pursue us, uh, that you might bring us back into relationship with yourself. Thank you that you speak to us in your word. And we do pray that today you would help us to see wonderful things there and to find fresh hope in Jesus. It's in his good and great name that we pray. Amen. Well, Christmas is a time that uh, is synony- synonymous with gifts. Uh, hands up, anyone who last night, this morning has opened a gift? Anyone? I'd see a few hands. Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful thing to, to receive a gift. Uh, whether it's a Christmas or another time of year, uh, to see there a present, something wrapped up with your name on the gift tag or even your name scribbled on the paper. Uh, it's an exciting thing to know, wow, someone has thought of me. Someone has been preparing something for me. Someone, it might have been quite a long time, has been thinking, what would I like? And actually, because they know me, they know what I like, uh, What they they buy for me, what they've made for me, is an expression of their love and care for me. It's a wonderful thing to see a gift addressed to us, yet it can also be wonderful, it can also bring us great joy to see others receiving gifts. Uh, It can be a joy to, to give a gift and to see the anticipation and the joy on someone's face as they open it. It can be a joy just to sit with friends and to see a friend open a gift uh, that someone has thought of them, that someone has prepared for them. And it can be a joy too, because sometimes we benefit from gifts that don't just have our name on the tags. There's the family presence, the present that come to, to all the family. Uh, When a a box of chocolates comes to me, there's a bit of a debate in our family as to, is that automatically a family present or is that just a a Morgan present? Uh, And and there's some differing opinions there, but uh, family presents can be fun because they really belong to everyone. But even when a present is addressed to someone else, there can be advantages. So if your younger brother gets a multiplayer board game... Actually, some fun is probably coming your way because they're not going to play that by themselves. If you share, if you live with them, you're probably going to enjoy that game. If your, your roommate, your housemate, if they get some new music, a new CD, that shows how old I am. Talking about a CD, uh, a record. If, if someone gets a, um, some new music, well, actually, if you're their, their housemate, you're going to benefit from that because. Because you live with them, you will share in that gift. And as we think about gifts at Christmas, uh, you've probably heard before the idea that, well, Christ is the greatest gift. Uh, While we share many gifts, we, uh, we give many fun things to one another, whether it's chocolates or toys, giving, receiving, it's a common thing we do. We do that to remember the greatest gift that God has given us when God gave us His Son on that first Christmas, when God sent His Son. Jesus is the greatest gift. And that's true. But today, before we think of Jesus as the greatest gift, I want to actually think about the gifts that belong to Jesus. Because in Ephesians 1, we're going to come to a list of blessings, a list of gifts. And what we'll see is that firstly these gifts, well, they they belong to Christ. But once we see that these gifts belong to Christ, we'll also see that those who trust in Christ share in every spiritual blessing in Christ. So let's have a look at at, at this present. If, If we were to read Ephesians 1, we could look at Ephesians 1 like a bit of a set of gifts, uh, a set of blessings and these blessings, well firstly, these blessings belong to Christ. If you were to pick up these, you know, sometimes you pick up a present and there's no gift tag, it's gone missing, it's been knocked off and you've got to open the present and figure out who might this present belong to. Uh, look, look for clues. Well, if we open this present, look at some of these gifts, it's pretty clear that well, these gifts belong to Jesus we're told uh, from the beginning, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What we're talking about today is not earthly blessings, earthly gifts, though they can be fun. We, can, we look forward to whether chocolates or toys at Christmas. Uh, we 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 search for we hope for blessings in this life of health and and wealth and safety. Yet here we're told there are some bigger blessings, some greater gifts we should be thinking about, spiritual blessings, because while earthly gifts, physical gifts, physical blessings can be good, those chocolates can last for a. D- a day. I was going to say a week, but in my house, a day. Uh, those those toys might last a, a month or a year. Though physical blessings like good health can last a lifetime, God wants to raise our eyes to focus on spiritual gifts—the gifts that will last for eternity. And as I said, the first thing we'll see is that well, these gifts firstly belong to Christ. If you were to read, read through this passage, the first gift you would see um, is actually being chosen. Uh, we, we, see, we, we hear of uh, someone being chosen. And if anyone was to be the chosen one, well, it would be Christ. Christ is God's only son. If anyone was going to be invited into God's presence, invited to Christmas lunch with God, well, it's His Son. Jesus is the chosen one. He's called that uh, many times throughout Scripture. Uh, another blessing in this, in this is being holy and blameless. If you, you kind of hear of someone being holy and blameless, well, the first person this, this blessing belongs to is Jesus. If there is one person who was completely holy one person who never sinned, one person who was completely pure, one person who never sinned, who never had anything in him to, which could be blamed, well, it's Jesus. Jesus is the one who is holy and blameless. If You keep working through this passage, you'd see sonship, there's talk of adoption and, and sonship. And if sonship, the blessing of being God's child, God's son, belongs to anyone, well, it pretty clearly belongs to Jesus, the one and only Son of God. As we read through the blessings in Ephesians 1, I hope you see, these are gifts that belong properly to Christ. He, the, the true Son of God. Uh, there's there's uh, the language of him being blessed Uh, We're blessed in the beloved. And when we think of being blessed, again, there are many things we might think of. You might think of Instagram, like being hashtag blessed, like lying on a beach or uh, there with friends or a nice pretty table of food. Or or more deeply, when we think of being blessed, we think of a life of, of safety, of health, of happiness. Yet in the Bible, when we think of being blessed... Well, that that talks of a very specific thing. Throughout the Old Testament, God gave his people laws and God told them that if they obeyed his laws, then they would be blessed. And if they broke his laws, if they disobeyed his laws, that they would be cursed God said there are very two clear paths. Those who obey God's commands will be blessed. Those who break them will be cursed. Those who honour God will be blessed. Those who dishonour Him will be cursed. And who is the one who has always honoured God? Who is the one who has never broken God's commands yet kept them perfectly? Well, it's Jesus. He is the one who is blessed. If you go to Psalm 1, it tells you what kind of person will be blessed. If the person who meditates on God's law day and night, that person will be blessed. And who truly obeyed God's law, who lived by God's law, who, who fed on God's law, God's word? Well, it was Jesus. Jesus is the one who is Blessed. Uh, We keep looking, there's mention of the beloved, being blessed in the beloved. Again, it's not hard to to think. Who is the one who we know is God's beloved? His one and only son. It's God's one and only son. His beloved, Jesus. Jesus is the the beloved. Uh, There's commands, if you keep going down, it starts speaking of inheritance. Uh, We we hear... uh, In him we've obtained an inheritance. And again, who is part of God's family who deserves the inheritance? Who will God the Father give all all things to, all honour, all authority? Well, he will give it to his son. Jesus is the one who deserves the inheritance. And finally... We mentioned the Holy Spirit, there's talk of being sealed by the Holy Spirit. But if the Holy Spirit belongs to anyone, if the Holy Spirit comes and rests on anyone, who is it? Again, it's Jesus. Uh, the Spirit is the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. If you read the Gospels, Jesus, after he was born, at his baptism, had the Spirit descend on him and remain on him. Jesus lived in the power of the Spirit, fought sin by the power of the Spirit. If the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit belongs to anyone, it is Jesus. So it might be a surprise on Christmas, we're thinking, yes, all the gifts we get? Well, Ephesians 1 tells us these gifts firstly belong to Christ Christ. All the greatest spiritual blessings of being God's child, God's beloved, God's son, God's chosen one. These are the ones where, well, there's no doubt that Jesus deserves, owns these gifts. Yet, you probably noticed an amazing truth in this passage. That it's not just Jesus who gets these spiritual blessings... We're told that all who trust in Jesus, all who trust in Christ, share in every spiritual blessing in Christ. Listen again to verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Though these things belong to Jesus, if we trust in Jesus, we are united to Him. If we trust in Jesus, then we are included in Him. If we trust in Jesus, we are a part of His family. We live with Him so that everything that is His becomes ours. Like in a marriage where things that belong to each of you, they suddenly belong to both of you. Like in a home where a gift to one becomes a gift to all. When we trust in Jesus, well, He shares all things that are His with us. We're told that He's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. But you might have noticed that phrase, in Christ... It gets repeated a few times. In the, the few verses that were read, did you count how, how many times that language came up? It says we're blessed in Christ in verse 3. In verse 4, where He chose us in Him. Um, in verse 5, it, we're adopted as sons through Christ Jesus. Uh, In verse 6, we're blessed in the beloved. Verse 7, in him we have redemption. Uh, As uh, it's all things, in verse 11, in him we've obtained an inheritance. Uh, In verse 13, in him you also uh, were sealed with the, the promised spirit. Eleven times this language comes up. In Christ, in Him, through Christ, all these greatest blessings we have, all these great gifts we have, we have because we are one with Christ. Uh, We've been united with Him and because these things belong to Him, they now belong to us. So those who trust in Christ share every spiritual blessing in Christ. We realize this present, it's it's not just for Christ, it's for all who are in Christ. These gifts are for all who are in Christ. The first one, being chosen. We can fear, we we feel the pain when we feel like we're not chosen, when we we feel left out. It might be a group of friends that we're not invited to. It might be a, a party we haven't been invited to. The feeling that we're not chosen. Before God we could fear, would God want me? Yet we're told that all who trust in Jesus are chosen. God chose them before the foundation of the world. He says, verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. It's hard to imagine, why would God choose me? Why would God want me to be a part of His family? Why would God choose me? So many don't don't come to God, why why would He choose me? Well, the answer in this passage is not because of anything I've done. God won't choose you because of anything you have done. All it tells us is that He chose us in Christ. Christ. He chose us in Christ so that, well, how do I know I'm chosen by God? Well, if I've trusted in Jesus, if I am in Christ, then I am as chosen as Christ is. I can know that I am God's because He has set His eye on me. He's set His affection on me. You can know that you are chosen by God. If you have trusted in Jesus, if you're included in Christ... Then, as Christ is the chosen one, you are chosen, precious. God has set his his sight on you uh, in Christ. The, The next one is being holy and blameless. So, we know Jesus is the one who is holy and blameless. And if we look at our own lives, our past, past, before we trusted in Jesus, even since we've come to Jesus, we know that we're not perfectly holy. We can try to live for God, yet we fall short, we sin, our lives are stained by sin. There is blame you can find in our distant past, probably in this last week, in this last day, Yet we're told that He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In Christ, we are made holy and blameless, not because we fix up everything we do. In Christ, we're made holy and blameless, not because we start acting more like Jesus. In Christ, we're counted as holy and blameless because in Jesus, who is perfectly holy, perfectly blameless... God sees us as holy, pure, blameless. He accepts us because of Jesus. And when you know that, when you know that you've been accepted, when you know that God sees you as holy and blameless in Jesus, that actually helps you to go on and start to live a more holy and more blameless life. If God has chosen you, if God has called you holy and blameless in Jesus, then one day when you appear before God, you will be made perfectly holy. Sin will be no more. Yet to all who trust in Jesus, even now we are holy and blameless in Him. The third blessing was sonship. You know, Jesus is the the Son of God, the only Son of the Father, yet Uh, We're told, in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. We're predestined for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. This is the amazing truth. That as Jesus belongs in the family of God, as Jesus is the son of the father, that we are included in his family through Jesus. I love Christmas movies. Uh, you, uh, there's a classic scene that comes up in a lot of Christmas movies. It's often where the, the, someone is kind of on the outside, they're lost, maybe they're away from their family. They're often walking outside in the cold, maybe in the snow. That's what most Christmas movies kind of say. Uh, and this person who's out in the cold, often a, a cold, shivering, shivering child in the snow, kind of looks in through a window and looks into like a warm house with a happy family, sort of giving gifts, sharing laughs and smiles. And I think that can resonate with us, because uh, that can be some of those, the, the happy times of Christmas, when we're with family, when we feel included, And that can also be some of the sadness of Christmas, especially in a place like this where so many of us are away from our families. Yet here we're reminded that if we trust in Jesus, then as Jesus is the Son of the Father who belongs in God's family, we too are called children. We're adopted. But this is kind of not like adopted as the the kind of the seven millionth, the eight millionth and one child who kind of might get forgotten just on a a meaningless, sort of a list, a long list, we enter the family and we enter as the place of the beloved son. Uh, You belong in God's family and men and women here are called sons because we're adopted into God's family in the place of Jesus. We belong there like Jesus does because we are made sons uh, in him. After that, we're told that we are blessed. It says that he blessed us. It's to the praise, verse 6, verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. While Jesus is the one who deserves to be blessed, while all of us have disobeyed God, while all of us deserve curse, if we trust in Jesus, then, well, the blessing that belongs to Jesus, the life that belongs to Jesus, well, it comes to us, because He obeyed for us. We are accepted because of His obedience. And we're told even here, an example of how we are blessed with all of these spiritual gifts in Christ. We're blessed in Christ and we're told we're blessed in the Beloved. That's just another reminder. Christ is the Beloved of God. Christ is the One who always looks to the Father and knows that He will see the the Father's smile, the Father's approval because God the Father loves God the Son. Yet if you are in Christ Jesus, if you trust in Him, you don't need to wonder, what does God think about me today? How does God feel about me today? I've just trusted in Christ or trusted in Him for many years. Whether I've had a week where I feel close to God and I'm pursuing Him in holiness and reading His Word, or I've had a bad week where I've stumbled in sin, I've been distant from Him in prayer. Whatever we have done, if we are in Jesus, in Christ, we can know that we are beloved in Him because we are in, included in the Beloved. But there's one we've missed here. There's one we've missed and it's one we missed the first time, it's forgiveness. Uh, Listen to to this language. Uh, We're told... Verse 7 In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Now, this is a gift Jesus doesn't need, right? Jesus doesn't need redemption. Jesus doesn't need forgiveness. He never sinned. There's nothing to forgive. But that's exactly why it's good news for us because Jesus lived as if he needed forgiveness. Jesus entered our world and experienced the effects of sin. Jesus entered into our world, a world under the bondage of Satan and sin and death, a world that needed redemption. Jesus suffered the punishment that we deserve on the cross as he died for our sins. Jesus doesn't need redemption. Jesus doesn't need forgiveness. Yet, because Jesus lived as put himself in the place of sinners, we can have redemption in him. We can have forgiveness in him. Jesus died on the cross to ta- take the punishment we deserve so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be redeemed and come back to him. We have forgiveness. It continues on, speaking of inheritance, verse 11, in him we've obtained an inheritance. Again, Jesus deserves all things. Jesus looks forward to a future at the right hand of God for all of eternity. Yet all of us who are in Jesus, we look forward to that same inheritance because we've been adopted into the family in Christ. We've been adopted in and, well, we receive the inheritance of the firstborn son because we're adopted through the firstborn son. In Jesus, we share the inheritance. And finally, in Jesus, well, we share the Holy Spirit. The Jesus is the one who, on whom the, the Holy Spirit belongs because he himself is God. The Jesus is the one whom the Holy Spirit came and dwelt. It says to all who trust in him, I will send his spirit. And we're told here that this spirit spirit is a seal. Verse 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. How can we know that we really are gods? How can we know that we really belong to Him? It says like He, he marks us. He puts a seal on us, like a, a seal on an envelope. He gives us a guarantee. And that's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of Christ who dwells on us when we believe. Those who trust in Christ share every spiritual blessing in Christ. So just a couple more questions. How can we know that we're a part of this? How can we know that we are included in Christ? God's been telling us that this is an amazing plan that has been working out for all of eternity, from before the foundation of the world. It's talking about being chosen, predestined, something we have no power over. So how can we know that we are included in Christ? How can you know that you are included in Christ? Well, it tells us here. In verse 13, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, then you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. A guarantee of our inheritance. This is an amazing plan from eternity to eternity, God drawing all things to himself in Christ. From eternity to eternity, God setting his heart and affection on us. But how can we know we are a part of it? With this simple act of hearing the truth, hearing the gospel of salvation, hearing from God's word and believing. It sounds grand, because it is. God is working all things together, bringing all things, all of eternity together under Jesus. Yet you get included in this when you read the Bible with a friend. When you come to a day like today and you hear God's Word taught. When you hear the good news. When you read the Bible and you believe well, that's when you are included in Christ. Friends, you can be sure this, this language of being chosen, of being predestined, that's a great gift, that's a great assurance because we wouldn't choose God by ourselves. Yet if you are here, hearing God's Word, if you're in a family where you have been brought up hearing God's Word, well, that's God's doing, He's put you there. And if you read God's word, hear his promise to you, his offer of forgiveness to you in Christ, and if you take hold of that, and you can know that you are included in Christ. You are one he has chosen. He has set his affection on. You are his child, his beloved. You have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, and his Holy Spirit. You come to share in Christ, to be united to Christ simply by believing the Bible when you hear it, the promises of God's Word, the Gospel. And finally, those of us who, who do trust Jesus, those of us who are united to Christ, those of us who do share in these gifts which belong to Christ, what should we do? Well, this passage says praise, I wonder if you notice several times throughout this passage, it tells us what the purpose of all of this. The purpose of all of this isn't just that we would have some cool gifts that we can say are ours. it's to the praise of God's glory. Verse three: "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us." Uh, we're told in verse six, "He did all of this to the praise of His glorious grace." Uh, In verse 10, uh, we're told uh, this is a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. Uh, In verse 12, it says that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. Uh, Verse 14, again, we're told this is all for the praise of His glory. If you trust in Jesus, then you are united to Him. If you trust in Jesus, you share every spiritual blessing that belongs to Him. So praise Jesus as we sing songs in these coming minutes. Let this be your praise that God has given you all that Jesus deserves. He has lavished it on you. Praise Him. Praise Him in the songs that we sing in the coming minutes. Praise Him with your life. Your life is not about you, it is about God and that is great news. Because when life is about God and His praise, well, He works for our good and His glory. Friends, let's trust in Christ. Friends, let's praise Christ for all things are to the praise of His glorious grace. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he is God's chosen, holy son. He is blessed. He is beloved. I thank you for the amazing truth that we who trust in him share all things with him. Father, we, we do pray that you would help us to, to trust him. I pray for those here today who have not trusted your promises in your word, who've not believed the gospel. Lord, open minds, open hearts, uh, lead, lead people, lead friends here, even today, to trust in Jesus and his promises. Father, for those of us who, who do know you, who trust you, help us to remember the great riches, uh, the great blessing we share in Jesus. And Lord, help us to live to the praise of your name. And these words we're about to sing uh, in the rest of today as we celebrate Christmas and in all of our lives, we pray that our words, our actions, all of us would be to the praise of your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.